Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Hello, Sister Scriptorians, and welcome back to another podcast. In case you're just joining us, let me introduce myself. My name is Carrie Hickenlooper, and I am happy to have you here. In fact, I feel honored that if you have gotten to episode 15, we must be friends now, right? So I'm happy to know that we can meet together every week to study the scriptures and to learn something from them that can uplift us and help us be stronger daughters of God. And today I want to talk about one of his daughters. It's not very often that women in the scriptures are found, especially in the Book of Mormon. And to be really honest with you, that's really never bothered me. To those that it has bothered, I understand more intimately now as I have gotten to just think about Sariah, who is Lehi's wife, and to put myself in her shoes and to imagine what she must have been experiencing as they left Jerusalem and traveled into the wilderness, I can say that it has developed a special love for her and an awareness of how Heavenly Father wants his daughters to rise and what he'll do, and the lengths he'll go to, in order to help us do just that. We begin in 1 Nephi chapter 5. And her boys were overdue. They had been sent to Jerusalem to obtain the brass plates. And like any mother, Sariah most likely had a projected date of arrival in which she expected her boys to be back home. It had taken the family almost two weeks to travel from Jerusalem to the Valley of Lemuel, where they camped, and I can only imagine her thought process. Okay, two weeks there, two weeks back, and I should have them in a month's time back home. And who knows, maybe she's a lot more uh, liberal than I am. Maybe she said two weeks there, (laughs) a week while they're there getting those plates, and then two weeks back. But whatever the time limit was, they were overdue. And Nephi doesn't give us a timeline as to how long it took him and his brothers to obtain those plates. Another piece of information that would just be interesting to have. We don't know how long their dealings with Laban took and all the back and forth time in between attempts. But from the reaction of Sariah, they had been gone longer than she expected and her faith was starting to thin. And up until this point, we don't know too much about Sariah. Nephi described her as being a goodly parent. We also know that she was a supportive wife who followed her husband's revelations, who packed up most of her just basic belongings, left her comfort behind and the security of her lifestyle and departed into the wilderness. But I sure would love to know her thoughts. How was she feeling about her husband's calling as a prophet of God? And how was she feeling about his obedience to God's call, which had brought such a disruption and a danger to their lives? And how did she feel about this? Did she believe that Jerusalem could be destroyed? 
Was she convinced of the wickedness of this great city? Was it hard for her to leave her comforts? They were enough to make even Laban lust after them, so she must have had a very comfortable lifestyle. Was she even familiar with tent living? Or was she experiencing something new? And maybe even hard. And who did she leave behind? Was her family? Were there friends? Were there people that she had to say goodbye to or couldn't say goodbye to? Or because of the threat on her husband's life, did she desire to be as far away from Jerusalem as possible? And I think a mother who righteously taught her children surely must have been disgusted with the desecration of God's commandments. I imagine she was a lot like you and me. We don't know what her inner heart was combating, but we know how she chose to act. She chose to go. She chose to depart and follow the counsel of her husband. Now, some may say that because of the culture and the traditions of the time, she had no choice. But this wouldn't be consistent with the actions of Sariah. So what do I mean by that? Sometimes we can glean information from what is omitted just as much as we can learn from what is recorded. Nephi was not shy to express the feelings of his brothers, Laman and Lemuel, their murmurings and their anger and their insulting view of their father and his leadership, but he did not describe his mother in this way. I believe it was only when the time frame that she had in her mind of when her boy should be back home, when that time frame was exceeded, that is when she began to be overcome with doubt. And at the height of her fear, she feared that everything that she had sacrificed up until that point had been in vain. For to leave Jerusalem to spare her life, but to send back her boys to have their lives taken, would have been a no-win for this mother. Nephi records that Sariah truly had mourned for fear that they had perished in the wilderness. He also says that she complained against his father. And at this point, I just find it interesting, his word usage. If I recall right, it's in the footnotes that it says murmuring. But Nephi didn't describe his mother that way. He said she complained. He didn't say she murmured. And well, I just find that interesting. Moving on, Sariah complained against Lehi. Everything up until this point was in question. Here she found herself away from her home in the wilderness in a tent with only basic provisions and her sons were gone from her all because of the visions of her husband. Now she questioned his visions. In her fear and in her grief, she accused him of being a visionary man. We remember that Laman and Lemuel also used that term and it wasn't polite. It wasn't a compliment. Up until this point, it was his ability to receive visions that provided her family safety, that provided a promise of a land better than what she left, and that provided a general direction on how to get to that promised land. She was completely relying upon her husband as he received counsel from the Lord. But now, she was fearful that these visions may not be all they were cracked up to be. Sariah didn't know it at the time, but she was being stretched in order to become what she needed to become. You see, she was the matriarch of this family. And this was a special family, a family preserved for a future, a family that would develop a civilization. 
that the Lord would nurture with his word for hundreds of years, and a civilization that would be the beneficiaries of the Abrahamic covenant, that a portion of them would be preserved and then restored. As the mama of this group, she needed to not just merely believe, she needed to know for a surety. And a plan that is based on faith requires us to develop this surety through the power of faith. There isn't a potion that is just poured into us that gives us the same result. She would be required to to keep the faith, act in faith, lead in faith, and stay sturdy in faith for the remainder of her days. For when her husband would falter in his faith, for an ever-reminding example to her sons who lacked faith, for a show of support and comfort to her sons who mustered up all of their faith, for her daughters and her future daughter-in-laws who would follow her lead of respect and honor shown to her husband and who were to be the vessels that would bring forth and teach her future grandchildren. And finally, she needed to be that reminder of faith for her grandchildren her never-wavering testimony of the Lord and His plan for some of those grandchildren would serve as a saving grace for them because of the poor examples of their parents. Some of you might be in that situation right now as a grandparent raising your child's children. You are a Sariah. And all of this would stem and flourish from this very moment of hers. Have you ever had a moment like that? You couldn't see in the midst of it happening, but it literally changed you. It gave you clarity. It gave you resolve. You squared your shoulders back with the reassurance that daughters of God can and will do hard things. Have you ever had a moment that you knew that your fears, your grief, your doubts, or lack of vision are getting in the way, and all you could do was to let go and let God? Sariah is a beautiful example of how God's covenant daughters are. We all experience times like Sariah when we want to believe and we act in belief, but our best efforts produce such little fruit at the time. It's in these moments that we must trust that we are given struggles of faith to overcome our fears and to come to know for a surety that the Lord is showing up for us. So how did he show up for Sariah? Again, the Lord gave her the tender mercy of space. He allowed her to experience faith over fear. And he allowed her to experience fear and grief that could overpower her faith. Why? <laughs> Why does he do that? In moments that we are striving to trust him, to hear him, to follow him, but all we would really like is just a strong reassurance that everything is going to be okay, to quiet that insecurity, the fear that we aren't acting in accordance with God's will, or to calm our troubled hearts, to ease the doubt. Why must we swing on this pendulum that allows fear and grief to feel more powerful than our faith? Isn't it these moments in which we actually make a choice? When our faith feels small and when reason and other senses are more convincing otherwise, 
isn't it these moments that we must throw our hands up and choose to believe? The Lord is so merciful. He allows us the space to experience all of it and to sort all of it out. And he doesn't become offended at the process because he knows how powerful the process will make us. He knows the change that will come if we go through this process. So he doesn't hover. He doesn't become offended as we sort these feelings out. But he does know that the conviction that will fill our hearts once we have made that personal choice to believe and to take action will ground us. L. Whitney Clayton, in an article from The Ensign from May 2015, and it's titled Choose to Believe, he explained, Actions are the evidence of our belief and become the substance of our faith. And he went on to show us that prayer and fasting, paying tithes, reading scriptures, keeping the Sabbath day holy, worshiping in the temple, baptism, and partaking of the sacrament are all actions that show our choice to believe. And it would be safe to assume that Mother Soraya did everything that she was able to do to keep choosing belief, despite her fears and despite her grief. The Lord also blessed her with the tender mercy of consolation from a husband who is confident in his relationship with deity. I love reading how you don't read offense and how Lehi responds back to her. He agreed with her, and that is such a good skill to diffuse a situation. He agreed with her, but he expressed gratitude that he was a visionary man. He reassured her of God's goodness and allowing him to experience such visions that had preserved their family and that will continue to preserve their family. Lehi's choice to believe and to not be offended by his wife's fear enabled him to console her and reassure her in a loving and a fortifying way. It's what this mother needed to hear. She needed reassurance and he provided that for her. She needed to draw strength from her husband, and he offered that to her. What must have the day been like when she saw her sons approaching? Did she count their forms in the distance? One, two, three, four, five? The Lord hadn't taken away. He had added upon. What joy must have overcome her? And what was it like as she sat and listened to their report? What waves of emotion did she experience as she heard of their failed attempts, the danger, the persistence, the loss of their precious things, the attempts to take away their lives, the angel that appeared, of Nephi entering Jerusalem and not knowing what to do, of seeing Laban on the ground drunk and alone, of the spirit telling him that Laban had been delivered into his hands and that Nephi must kill him, hearing how Nephi struggled to do so, but finally did in order to be obedient to the Spirit. What was her mother heart thinking then? And then of finding Zoram, to obtaining the brass plates, and the oath between her sons and Zoram, who now would forevermore be a part of her family. All of this, Mother Soraya listened to. I'm sure, remembering her moments of doubt, reliving her valid fears of the unknown dangers, evaluating her private moments of worship and the pleas that she expressed to her Heavenly Father to know. 
and having been given the ability to reflect back on her grief, and now to be blessed with the gift of joy, Soraya must have processed all of it in order to testify, Now I know of a surety. She now knew that the Lord had commanded Lehi to flee into the wilderness. Check. She now knew that the Lord was protecting her sons. Check. She now knew that the only way that they were able to return back to her, having accomplished what the Lord had commanded them to do, was because of the power and the deliverance of the Lord. Check. From this time forward, Soraya knew for a surety who was in charge and who was actually guiding them. It wasn't her husband. It was the Lord. From this time forward, we see that Soraya let go and let God direct her path. We don't ever hear her complaining again. Instead, in Lehi's vision of the tree of life, she is seen coming forth and partaking of the tree's fruit. When Nephi's bow breaks and he wasn't able to provide nourishment to a travel-weary and a very hungry family, even Father Lehi had a moment of murmuring, not Sariah. Sariah knew, and her knowledge spared her from future waverings that can be such a drain on our strength. Don't you agree? No, she needed her strength. She was the mother of this clan, and she was the wife of the prophet Lehi. Her burdens were still there, but she was made mighty to pass through them. Her son, Nephi, remarked in 1 Nephi chapter 17, And so great were the blessings of the Lord upon us, that while we did live upon raw meat in the wilderness, our women did give plenty of suck for their children, and were strong, yea, even like unto the men. And they began to bear their journeyings without murmurings. Despite difficulties, Soraya never denied what she came to know for a surety. She chose to press forward with steadfastness in Christ. Don't you love Soraya? Sister Scriptorians, I challenge you to trust the process. And that, at times, can be a challenge. But lean into the Lord when you feel fearful or abandoned by Him. Look for His tender mercies. Notice how He is molding you to become what you are intended to become, so that you too can stand as a witness of Him and testify, I know for a surety. Have a great week. If you have enjoyed this podcast and others that have been before it, could you do me a favor and go to iTunes and rate and even give us a review? That will help other women of our faith be able to find Sister Scriptorians so that they can be strengthened by the principles that we find in the Book of Mormon. That's one way that we can help lift others around us. Have a good one.